0: Hey, everybody. So, in this episode, this is going to be the entire interview that I had with Christina. Uh, We had a really good conversation, a really long conversation. And at the same time, during our conversation, you can actually hear uh, she has Bud as well as another bird. And you can hear the birds in the background um, being birds. They're uh, making noises, being loud. You'll actually hear at one point, because of the nature of the conversation we're having, Bud actually picks up his... um, glenna and marty arguing dialogue again it's very interesting to hear in real time and um this interview was just so interesting and it was so great talking with christina so i really hope that this gives you some good information um a little bit of the drama that we all love some of the tea that we all like and i hope that you all enjoy it i just want to make sure can you hear me okay
1: yes i can hear you good
0: that's all I wanted to make sure of. So okay. um, I I was kind of thinking that we can go through um, the list I sent you, just kind of point okay. by point.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I got That Now, I like how you put that down there. You went pretty quick on putting that out there when you said, I'll get your email out. I'm <laughs> like, holy crap. You did awesome. Well, so
0: this was um, – this is generally actually how we usually write our notes. I took um, oh, gotcha. I, t- I took a lot of stuff out because I didn't want you reading through. I think it, w- it was eight pages, honestly. Gotcha. Um, I was like, you <laughs> gotcha. don't need to read through eight pages of shit. You know right, this. But right. I wanted to at least put it here so that um, as we're talking, I can keep track of okay. where in my episode the sound clips okay. can go. It'll help keep it more organized.
1: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, you were. Your first point is talking about the timeline, and with Connie, from all the information that I've read, Mm -hmm. they had seen Marty, so that would have been a Monday night on the eleventh. Okay. And Marty was over there. He mowed their lawn. They had conversations. Connie had made reference that Glenna seemed a little off. She seemed to be a little bit more upset than normal. She was making complaints about... um, She was talking about the car insurance that they go through. See, Marty... With Marty's car accident, Glenna was paid through the car insurance, not from the state or anything. It was Marty. And she had been complaining to Connie... And her husband, about how they weren't reimbursing her correctly for mileage and something was off. And so she just seemed a little concerned. They seen Marty every single night. They chatted with Marty. I know that seems weird. Like, I would be the same way. Like, if my neighbors didn't see me for a week, then you just don't see me for a week. I don't have that kind of close relationship <laughs> with yeah, my neighbors.
0: so you, you yeah. heard in the episode, like, Kat, my co-host, was mystified that they were talking daily. Everybody was. And me, That's I was
1: one like. one thing everybody says that.
0: Okay, but I think I grew up where, me not so much right now, but my parents, um, three of our neighbors, like, within eyeshot of our house, my dad would be out there talking to them every day
1: yeah and that that's typically how marty was okay that's how marty always was even when we were together marty was the guy that everybody liked always you know before the accident he was probably liked a lot more he got super weird after the accident and i think as time went on glenna's her ugly kind of rubbed off on him so, back to the neighbors, so she thought Glenna was kind of off. Marty had made plans to do there was something he was gonna do for them the next morning i don't I don't think it was ever specified, so yes, there was morning text and and Marty anybody who knows marty he would he was on his phone or had his phone always responded within seconds okay. and I think they a text went out the next morning, 8:30, 8, whatever, and no response. She, she went to work. I think there was text exchange or attempt of texting. I think even the husband tried to text throughout the day. She gets home from work. She's like, I'm feeling like this is so weird. Like I need to go over there. She goes over there. She's a comfortable enough neighbor where she kind of wiggled the door, like wiggled the door handle, because she could hear the dog barking. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, guys, looked in the window, didn't see anything. She couldn't really see anything from the way she looked in the window. Checked it. It was locked. Okay, that was weird. I guess there was more calls going to them or text, nothing. The next morning, she did it again before she went to work. Mm -hmm. Still door locked, dogs barking. Okay. I don't know what was going through her mind. She didn't, she was still distraught and probably still is seven years later after all this happened, of what she's seen and what, how I, this all turned out. I wouldn't blame So I don't know if there was more detailed, you know, but so then she went to work, got out of work. So this is now the next day
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the 13th, her third attempt at going there. Around three thirty, whatever she does the same thing, jiggles the door, but the door was unlocked at this time. It was locked the first two times. You know, <clears throat> so, yes, the house was in a disarray. It wasn't tossed or turned up or anything, but to open up the door, she that was actually right where Glenna had shot herself, was in the chair to the left of the door, so the lamp was knocked over. Okay. From where her hand went backwards. So yeah, it does make it sound like, you know, she had to kind of push her way in, but she moved the lamp out of the way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: literally two feet from the door to the right is the bedroom. She said she, she walked in, but she probably took one step in. And you could see Glenna in front, covered up to her head. She could see blood on the blanket. And turn to the right, there's Marty, curled up in a ball. Big bullet wound on uh, left side. He's laying on his left side, so it was the right side that was exposed. And That's you could funny. see Mortis. You could see the purpleness. So, yeah, he was so obviously dead. It wasn't yeah. even. And you know, funny. I
0: I am so sorry to interrupt. Um, I forgot to nope. ask: Is there anything you do not want to talk about?
1: I don't think there's anything that I'm not. I'm I'm comfortable with anything. There's okay. not nothing out there that I'm. Not comfortable talking about okay,
0: at so, all. So most of the information I had about the timeline of those couple of days, it sounds like I, I had most of it right. Right. Okay.
1: And I think that I think that's pretty accurate on everybody's part, except, you know, people freak out about the neighbors, like well, I don't give a fuck about my neighbors. I get that. <laughs> um, and some people don't understand how weird it is or don't even put the connection together that well, how was the door locked? For two days.
0: Oh, I totally think that's it And then
1: unlock, you know, and we don't know. I mean, this police department was so freaking small town. They didn't even know what they were getting into. They did not know how to handle this properly. Mm. I think that's obvious with how long it took to arrest her. Yeah, You know, some of the evidence they should have handled more properly, whatever. But. So when she was getting running out, she was going to run home or run to her car and grab her phone, happened to see there was a fire right across the street, got the first responders. You know, they walked in, like I said, to see the scene. I am pretty sure that one of the officers t- spoke of a smell. I mean, there was an obvious death in the air. You know, and she's covered up. All what's shown is the top of her head of hair, Mm -hmm. but that's all matted with blood. There's a half, mostly naked man, bullets on the bed, a barking dog. They backed out for their own safety. They're only first responders. They're not police. They did. They did wait for the police. But it was called in as a suicide or a murder suicide right from the start. Oh, okay. So I had heard the dispatch, it was so much, I I mean, I have tapes of the dispatch, it was called in as a suicide, then a murder-suicide, then it looked like a domestic situation, and it, uh, that's what it was thought of and treated as from the beginning, whether that was made public, it wasn't, a lot of things weren't made public. Okay. And,
0: One question we had about the whole beginning timeline Did the neighbor actually hear gunshots on the morning of the twelfth?
1: She she made that comment. Okay, I I don't know if it was I heard gunshots and it was a I think she was just kind of like I think I remember it was more like that you know what
0: Oh it was like in hindsight they were like Did you hear anything She was kind of like like, Oh maybe
1: and that's what she said She's like and it was more of a where they live I mean. Every Marty had a couple acres. She was across the street, but it's, like, so country. Like, yeah. neighbors are, like, two acres away from each other. Yeah, Her driveway point. is set really far back, and his driveway was set quite a ways back. His house is set quite a ways back from the house also. So it was kind of like, I think it was the second conversation. It was nothing that she even said, like, I... I reread her very first interview mm-hmm. with the cops cl- at the scene. She mm-hmm. never said nothing about it then. I think when they went back over the next day, because her husband was a trucker, and when he got home, they talked again. And, and it was, it was kind of like, I, maybe I heard. It, I was on my way, you know, it could have been in between this time frame. Okay. But I don't know. She goes, "There was a lot of shooting that goes on around here. It was like turkey season at the time. Yeah. So it was kind of like it wasn't. She didn't say it right away. Like she remembered it. Oh my god! She never even put that together with anything that was going on with Marty. Okay, she was just thought it was super weird that okay. she could not get a hold of these two and I've seen them every single day for five years. Yeah, and now all of a sudden she's not seeing them. So yeah, that was that.
0: Okay. Um, so I think next, I, in the episode, I went a little, back in time a little bit and I right. mentioned that he was previously married to you. You guys had two sons yep. and a daughter. I tried really hard not to bring the kids' names into it because no, I just don't
1: that. No, that don't bother me at all. I mean, there, there's nothing to hide with that whole situation. I know everything looks funky from a distance when you don't know the situation and you see things in black and white. Oh my God. They found the letters. Oh my God. Why would they go back in the house? You know what I mean? It's just like people. Yeah. But yes, I met Marty like tail end of 87 into 88. I was probably like 15. Oh, that got off. (laughs) Well, I guess, you know, I, I had a friend of mine. We went to a house party and I didn't know who the person was. Ended up being Marty. Literally, when I walked into the door, he stopped what he was doing. It was so weird; like he just like went right to me. He's like, "Hey, how are you doing?" You know, like I I need to know you. And I'm like, "My name's Christina." He's like, "I'm Marty." This is my house. Let's get some beer. You know, we played a few games before the night was over. He was like. I am going to marry you. Oh. You are like, we, you know, he was like in fascination with me. That's oh all. God, that's I, that's I don't think cutest. he fell in love with me that night, but he fell in fascination with me for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: The night ended. I went home. I wake up the next day. My mom says, Christina, there's a boy at the door. And it was Marty. You know, so he, you know, he made it pretty clear that, you know, he wanted to be be my friend. Yeah. And friends turned into boyfriend, girlfriend. You know, he was my first love. I was only, you know, 15. He was 18, almost 19. My mom was not very thrilled about that whole situation. <laughs> you know, but we were together for a year before any, you know, naughty stuff happened. Of course, you know, the first time is what's going to, you know, I ended up 16 and pregnant. Okay. Okay. We, you know, we stayed together. He had a job. He was working. He was very supportive. My parents were very supportive. I still went to school. You know, I we had a baby.
0: That's hard. And
1: I ended up turning seventeen, and we got married when I was Mm eighteen. So we had still been together for three years. Got married, lived together. I was pregnant again shortly after getting married had jason and then had jessica you know we had a a decent life we were young i mean i was still i was there i still 19 and when i had my third kid wow jessica my daughter was a super oops like i was on the shot got pregnant literally eight weeks after giving birth so i was like (laughs) My kids are only 11 months apart, but I mean, things were good. I mean, things weren't perfect. We were young. We were trying to figure things out. You know, I mean, we had our ups and our downs, but you know, we had a lot of friends. We did a lot of camping. We were always very social people. Marty was just a happy go lucky guy, you know, and then the accident happened and that happened in 95, which would have made me 22 years old. He got into the accident which was traumatic. I mean, they didn't even expect him to live. They're, you know, if he does live, he's not going to have... And I think this is where a lot of the whole memory thing... I don't know if that was just a dig because when I listened to Glenna's, that, that was never a thing. I, Glenna was the very first person to say that in her interview, and I was so stunned... By her saying that Marty didn't even remember his wife or his kids. I was like, what in the actual? And that was something to grab on. I think the first news person that grabbed onto that. And I was the one that gave him the interview. I was the one that had all the evidence at the time. I went to the Freedom of Information Act. I paid hundreds of dollars for this information. Yeah. And I was fine with showing it to the public. He literally took out bits and pieces and made it something that it wasn't. And yeah. to take anything that she said, she literally had nothing nice to say about one person in Marty's family, oh, okay. which shocked his mother, all his sisters, my kids. She made it sound like Marty hated everybody. That's terrible. And we- Well, that's just how Glenna is. And I think that she was just so afraid. Dude, she knows what she did. This was four months after. Four months after the murder. And the first time the police really got a chance to talk to her, other than that, they did three short interviews with her while she was in the hospital during her fake coma, because she was never in a coma. See, I didn't even see
0: that she was in a coma. I think I saw
1: that. I think it was said um in um, the most public place it was said was on the id channel where uh-huh. they said she was in a three-week coma and then there was some posts online and this is all like from her family uh-huh. and those text messages posted i would send you she like she was in a coma for three weeks and didn't even know who she was i was like no i can prove to you that she was not in a coma she was never in a coma and even the doctor said in trial she was released 20 days after the, after she shot herself, but I'm trying to figure out when the three-week coma came in and <laughs> what they did release her while she was in her coma. Yeah. You know, that's not how it works. So, but sorry. Marty's accident, he did change, it, but he healed so fast. So
0: um, what, what injuries did he have? Because what I saw was that he had a traumatic brain injury and, like, yeah. the bones on one side were shattered.
1: He had the frontal lobe. It was a T-bone accident. He was in a very small car. Um, a big Ford Explorer ran a red light as he was on the yellow light turning. So it hit him, broadside, T-bone style. And so, yes, the last It shattered his left part of his jaw, shattered the left arm. His Hmm. pelvis was a mess. And his left foot never worked afterwards. They never determined if the left foot not working was due to brain or the way his pelvis healed. Oh, interesting. So it it was never... During my time with him, if they diagnosed that 10 years afterwards, maybe, but the five years that we were together, mm-hmm. they could not determine why, and his knee worked, everything worked, but from the ankle down, he had no, it, he had no movement, and they could never determine whether that was a brain-related, or because he shattered his pelvis, he got so many nerves and tendons, yeah. something could have changed off you know so yeah so he was pretty shattered and he, you know he he was already only buck 29 when the accident happened by the time he he was in a coma for three weeks
0: mm-hmm.
1: he came out confused and I think that's what I tried to tell the ID channel like you know he did come out confused he's like who am I where am I
0: well yeah that's you normal know? when you wake up out of a coma.
1: But, Right. It was just me and his dad were the only ones there when he came out of the coma. And, and it was a very intense situation. You know, he was freaked out. I never left. I never left that hospital once. And I had three little kids. And thank you, my mom and Marty's mom took care of my kids and my brother. Everybody pitched in, but I never left his side. I could prove it with the way my hair looked afterwards. But, you know, and he it was a slow process. He was very you know obviously in a lot of pain we were in the hospital three more weeks his mouth was wired shut so there wasn't a whole lot of talking mm-hmm. for a long time <clears throat> they wanted him to go to this brain injury unit that's so that's where we went I wheeled him down the hallway it was like the hallway of death like oh. this is where you can go to die I could not breathe I it I they put us in a room, we shared a room with a young kid, he was probably nineteen years old who had been in a brain dead coma situation, oh. but had his eyes open yeah. for thirteen years.
0: Oh my god.
1: And I was just like this this is this is not this is not cool. In all honesty, three days after he was in that place, I went to his doctor and said I'm gonna take him home. We don't we don't recommend that. Uh, he's either going to come home with me, or I'm going to be living here because he can't he can't be here. Yeah. They, it was all of guest doctor's orders, but they let him come home. Gave me the beds, showed me how to clean his trach. He came home in a trach, feeding tube, and oh diapers. Oh my god, that is so, so much. It is, and I'm 23. Yeah. You know, I'm 22 years old. I have uh, my oldest son is five you know but i was not gonna let him live there my brother lived with us at the time he helped me we get we outpatient physical therapy he did that for like six months he got his ass back in order and he got back to work even though yes he had a brain injury mm-hmm. maybe he wasn't as quick as he used to be but he'd never let none of that hold him down good and we were together five years But, you know, again, I was 23 years old. Once you change your husband's diapers and you care for somebody like that, my, again, hindsight, if it would have happened when I was 40, it probably would have been different. I was just not in love with him like that anymore. And the more I did not want to be intimate with him the more he did and it became an issue you know if we could have just lived together and never done that part
0: yeah
1: I would have been fine I lost it I couldn't do it it had nothing to do with abuse or verbal or his injuries but it became a problem because he wanted it so bad I couldn't give it to him I couldn't give him the affection and the love and what he wanted I and it was sad. It was hard. It was so hard. I cannot even explain to you. It was a very painful decision, but I had to make it.
0: Yeah. I and did not. You know, no one can fault her. you for making a decision that you felt was best for you.
1: <sighs> you know, it, it sucked. and it, it, it affected my kids for a long time. And there was a lot of anger towards me from my sons. More because they're a little bit older and they did not want to leave their dad alone. And I had to make another hard decision and let my sons live with their dad. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to do that. But I did not also did not want Marty to be alone.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it was tough. I loved and cared about Marty till the day he was killed. I did not love him the way. He wanted me to, but I cared a lot about him yeah. and tried to make it as easy as possible. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was tough. It was tough on him. We made a lot of memories in those five years after his accident. We still camped. We, he you know, he rigged up his four-wheelers or dirt bikes so that he could shift it with a different foot. I mean, you know, he didn't let nothing stop him. Yeah. It was me. I
0: like you that. know. So... That actually kind of leads to my next question. It sounds like um, the portrayal of him being like wary of strangers. That sounds completely false. Uh,
1: Well, I guess as I don't want, I don't know that I would say he was wary of strangers, but he was protective of his home and he always was, you know, he knew he couldn't get places fast. If he was at home and he, wasn't, he had to wear a brace, if he didn't wear a brace, then he had to, like, pick that left leg up really high so that it wouldn't drag, mm-hmm. you know. So he knew he wasn't quick. So he was protective of his stuff. And I think that happened more with age. Okay. I do believe Marty changed a lot with age. Okay. Because when I found out that Glenna was in charge of finances, it blew my mind. 'Cause I that was always Marty's thing.
0: I was gonna ask you that so, too later.
1: <laughs> I think I think that just changed with time with his health. Or she just slowly took control of maybe. I don't know if it was ever a conversation. It just doesn't sound like something Marty would do, but okay my boys said, you know, Dad changed the last five years. His health was getting a little bit worse. You know, he knew that he was gonna need more help. Yeah. And also.
0: So how did Glenna come into the picture?
1: Well, Glenna was somebody that Marty knew before me. Okay. They're both four or five years older than me. And she was married. Marty met her at a party. They did the Humpty Dumpty at the party and didn't see each other. You know, she was married. He had sex with her at a party. And then she oddly got obsessed with him and would not leave him alone. And she was still married while she was a 17, 18 year old married person, 17, 18. That was before me. And when I met Marty, he told me about her. He's like, this girl, it's been years since we've done anything, but she still calls my mom's house. She calls and hangs up. She calls and says weird things. And then hangs up, so I knew about her, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, well, if that's something that you gotta handle, I don't really want to be a part of I'm fifteen, dude, I don't need yeah, woman drama, no, um, you know, but then I never heard Glenna's name again for the thirteen years that Marty and I. That was the only conversation we ever had about Glenna, and it's from to my knowledge, from talking to family, talking to friends. Then and even now after that, he never had any contact with her the 13 years we were together. Okay. To my knowledge, from what, you know, and I never, I never heard that name again. We got divorced officially in 2000. Marty was doing some dating sites and stuff. That wasn't working out. It's hard. He's handicapped. He's got two kids. He works, you know. All of a sudden, in 2002 or three, maybe three years later, Glenna's daughter shows up at Marty's sister's house, and she's 15. She says, my mom told me that Marty's my dad. What? So that's how Glenna got back in Marty's life.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So then there was the conversation with the daughter, you know, and Marty's like, yeah, I guess it could be. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we yeah could be so that happening and his parents getting involved in it you know and then glenna coming around and then i think it took like six months back then to a year to even really get the dna to get the the information back you know so within that time frame who glenna is still married to the man she was you know 15 years before that Starts a relationship with Marty. Oh. You know, they start kind of talking again. And, you know, Marty, it's hard for handicapped people to go down that road again. He knew her. He was comfortable. It was easy. He knew she liked him. And she thought about him, obviously, with what she just did with the daughter and got word or wind that I was no longer in the picture. She put herself back in the situation okay she she was already tattooed with marty's name on her arm really not not the property of master d Uh, (laughs) that was afterwards but good god when I heard that, and I, I heard about it long ago, and my kids just, oh, my God, you will not believe what Glenna did. I yeah. was like, no, shit and
0: lame. Okay. Never in a
1: million years. Okay, <laughs> wait,
0: since we're talking about it, was that a prison tattoo, or was that before she married No, went-
1: that was oh what she got God. when she married Marty. Yeah, she never, she was never in prison until this. No, that was done shortly after getting married to Marty, or shortly before.
0: Who is Master D? Miss
1: Marty Durham. Really? Apparently. Oh, I my never God. Gone, but she does. Yeah, she was weird. Like I said, there was I never seen the tattoo, but apparently, and it even says it in her present thing. Yep. And I went through pictures. I've been looking at pictures. I went back through her police interrogation. I'm over here trying to find this damn tattoo that says Marty on it. But Donna Swift says it was there when she came to the house after her daughter was there. So it was there before they were together. And it was there when she was married to another man. Oh, my
0: God.
1: And apparently she had been telling this daughter and her husband that there was always a possibility that this man named Marty Durham was her dad. Wow. So this girl grew up feeling like this is my dad, but I may have another dad. Yeah. But he didn't he didn't end up being her dad. But it got them together, which is I think that's what Glenn wanted.
0: I mean, she it had thought about like this it. man for
1: fifteen years. You know, she thought about him for fifteen years. She you know, and back fifteen years before that, yeah, Marty was somebody to, you know, think about. He was very good looking. Very outgoing. Marty wasn't quite the same person when she got back with him, but he was healthier than he was, and it didn't and it seemed to take a decline quickly after them getting together. Mm-hmm. The health issues.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now I went back to the state of the bedroom, okay. which was which was interesting. Um, I saw in the email you sent me that uh, Marty was actually only shot four times, but there were five wounds. Yep.
1: Yeah, and, and that's another reason why this small goddamn town teased me off a little bit because it states in their fifth gunshot wound. So we always thought all the way up until the trial mm-hmm. that Marty was shot five times.
0: But it was only so four. none of
1: that was released. We all said five times, five that's what so the autopsy says shot three times, two times in the chest one in the back, and one in the wrist. Okay. So, five shots. Until trial. Then the autopsy coroner says the fifth wound was a defensive wound. It went through his wrist, as, say, he's putting his hands up, but not all the way up, but chest high, like hand got up, went through the wrist and into his chest. Two bullets left marked, because there's only six bullet shot that day four of them went into marty mm-hmm. one went into the couch and one is in glenna's head
0: so she only actually shot herself once she didn't she do it Shot twice.
1: herself once right okay she shot at herself twice but, but the first only, one went, okay. went right through the arm of the chair and then went into the couch to the left of the chair okay i think i showed you i sent Snapshots of that too. You might have to go back through and see that. But the chair wasn't a love seat; it was kind of like an oversized chair it was her chair. Okay. And you see that she went from right to left, and and it went through the pillow, but went through the pillow. I don't think she ever like. I think she like shot, realized it missed, cocked it again, and shot again. Okay. Because the bullet, the bullet holes line. Right up, because the tip of her ear, she did skim the tip of her ear with the first bullet. Okay, and then the second one went probably like two, two and a half inches behind her ear. Okay, so
0: and then you just mentioned the pillow. Was that gunshot through the pillow? Because I was only
1: that pillow was found on the right side of the chair. So that was not. not
0: That was not her using it as a silencer, or was that a different pillow?
1: Nobody knows. I mean, she used it for herself. She used it for herself. It was used on her. It was her blood. It was sitting next to the chair. It matches up with the burn hole in her ear and the bullet wound in the back of her ear. Okay. So with her blood on it, it was used on herself.
0: Were the comments of that um, Glenna was making jokes that she was going to kill him for money and...
1: Yeah, that's all, all true. That, that was all found on Facebook. Uh, that, that's how that all came out because there was this... You know, my kids, my daughter in particular, struggled with Glenna. They had a very toxic relationship. Glenna did not like my daughter. Glenna did not like a lot of women. And I can hear, Sam starting to say Glenna's name, but it's going off.
0: Oh, I can hear He's it. saying
1: the whole don't shoot thing.
0: Oh, that's so sad. He still <laughs> says it?
1: Yeah, only in times like this. Oh, like, my God. Like, I'm um, over here having a conversation with you. I'm talking about Glenna. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's attached to emotion.
0: Yeah.
1: So he'll say it when things, the, the house gets kind of crazy or whatever. Yeah. But um, what were we talking about?
0: Oh, Jesus. Um, I know,
1: right? We I know we were talking about Glenna and my daughter. Oh, her comments. Oh, yes. Yeah. They with I have not physically talked to Marty in a long time. Mm-hmm. He, he had a weird relationship. Like, it was tough for the first three years. We still did the kid thing.
0: Yeah. We
1: had to see each other every weekend. Then it got good. <laughs> Then he met Glenna. It was still good. And then I think Glenna realized that I wasn't going anywhere. And then it wasn't good anymore. Hmm. There would be weird phone calls. I try to talk to about Jessica or Jason. And I could hear, and she wasn't shy about what she'd say. I could hear Glenna in the background calling me a slut, calling me a bitch. Why are you talking to her? You know, he was the mother of
0: his children. So
1: it got to the point where my daughter at the time, maybe it was seven or eight, Mm -hmm. did not want to go over there anymore. So she did not have a relationship with her dad for five years because of Glenna,
0: That's sad.
1: because Glenna did not want her around. She would say nasty things to my daughter. You're a slut. You're going to grow up to be a slut just like your mama. Who says that to a seven-year-old? A
0: bitch. She hated
1: me. I don't know why Glenna hated me. Crystal, she hated me, I think, since Marty never wanted anything to do with her afterwards and spent 13 years with me. I don't know if she spent those 13 years fawning over him and hating me. She hated me.
0: I mean, that and the fact that you and him share kids and she doesn't.
1: It meant not. Maybe she hated me. And people, family, Marty's cousins. I didn't know none of this until afterwards, obviously. Oh, yeah. Glenna, we couldn't. We didn't even really want to talk to her because she would bring you up. Oh, my she God. Brought she's one of those. For she just had a weird hate for me. Yeah. And she had for decades. But she and Marty had a strange relationship with the way they talked to each other. That would have never flew with me. Marty would have never, Marty and I would have never spoke to each other like that. There was no way. Because he would call her names. He'd call her fat. She'd call him retarded or handicapped or white boy. That's. That was just their thing. I never witnessed it, but this is a conversation. Like, how's your dad doing? Oh, yeah, you know, good. You know, him and Glenn are bickering. But it was always bickering, you know, bickering. There was never no knockdown drag out. But, yeah, I had heard that that's what they did. And then I had seen some things online that were posted probably about a year before Marty was killed. Someone sent Glenn a post on Facebook about uh, somebody... uh, stabbing their husband on thanksgiving she said i would just shoot him and be done with him just i don't think she you know what i mean it's just bad timing looking at it a year later i don't think it's really eerie right right my son found it and and it became that yeah they did go back and forth and say things to each other marty thought he was funny he wasn't funny you know he There's nothing funny about some of the things that he would say, you know. He got back normal with my daughter. It took five years. My my daughter struggles struggles more because she really only had her dad back in her life for about a year or so before this happened. And Mm -hmm. she was very much pregnant. She was nine months pregnant with her first child when he was murdered. She gave birth nine days after he was murdered. Oh, that's hard. So it was hard. She struggled. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of bickering back and forth. They Apparently they did say that stuff. No one ever took. They just kind of were like, oh, those two are so weird. That's how I get it from Marty's sisters. You know, everybody knew Marty kind of was a little goofy. Mm-hmm. I guess to be with his group, you had to be a little goofy with him. Mm-hmm. You either join the party or you don't. <laughs> Okay, I guess you know it was nothing that anybody's like. Oh my God, she's really gonna kill him. Let me tell you what I kind of thought she was something really weird had happened, and this was when we were all still talking, very early on. My kids were very young. Me and my sister drove to my son's football party, football game. Glenna came out to smoke a cigarette. I was out there smoking a cigarette. And my sister. And we were talking about going to the mall, going out to lunch after we left the game. She said something where she's like, well, I miss doing all that stuff. Like, what do you miss? She goes, going, you know, just being alone and like going to hang out with girls and stuff. And I was like, "Eh, well, that sucks. I made a comment to my sister. I was like, man, I don't know. Get a bad feeling. But this was 11 years before this happened. But I went right to him. I'm like, God, I just wonder... She's going to end up killing Marty one of these days because Marty ain't going to change. If he's already keeping her from having friends and family around then that's not going to end well. Right. So that kind of haunted me. Kathy was like, oh, gee, it's Christina. But just to, like I totally when I heard about this happening, I was on the phone with Marty's sister. They all didn't know what was going on. Marty was stabbed. I said, she killed him. Because was like, She did not. She's in the hospital too. Nope, none of them all thought Glenna did this. I did. Wow. I I for some reason I always did. See, and I know Marty. And Marty does have Marty did have the tendency to wanna be controlling. It just never worked with me. I was a lot younger too. He was like, No, you can't have twenty first birthday party. Oh, but I am having a twenty first <laughs> birthday party. And I had a twenty first birthday party. You know, maybe she a lot maybe that was always there in Marty's system it just didn't fly with me i did what i wanted to do when i wanted to do it how i wanted to do it maybe it got a little bit more intense with age he's handicapped now i already left him he's freaked out he doesn't want to be alone maybe it got a little worse i'm not saying he controlled her to the point where i think some of her family tried to say but you know maybe he did i don't know Mm -hmm. i still have no reason to kill anybody but not a handicapped man that Defenceless in his underwear, yeah, you know I mean, I think there was a lot more to it than just gambling, and I, she she just was not happy, okay, she was not happy. I don't think she was happy with herself, and think the gambling got out of control. She was a pretty big drinker back in the day, and I think the not drinking turned into the gambling, and I think it started with the house. And then I think she just spiraled. I think trying to keep that a secret, trying to watch those phone calls, monitor the phone, the mail. I can't even imagine how stressful that is to do that for a year. Yeah. To do that for a year. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. I think it's got to be too much. I don't know if she planned herself. I know she knew Marty had to go. I don't know if, I think doing what she did to herself kind of came later. I think there was a lot of freaking out I think there was a lot of thinking I think there was a lot of pacing I think there was a lot of smoking because she filled up two ashtrays in that bathroom which happens to be the bathroom right next to Marty's dead body which is weird but
0: yeah I that's saw you wrote her letters <laughs> so um I saw in my research that while police were doing a canvas of the neighborhood four different people mentioned that they needed to talk to bud is that true
1: well i i need to go back through i don't i know that glenna's daughter mentioned the bird i don't know if any of the neighbors there may have been one neighbor that might have said something i don't think it was four people but I could be wrong and I will go back through. I do know that for sure her daughter, Glenna's daughter said something about the bird. Okay. And maybe one of the neighbors said something, but I don't, yeah, it was said. Yes, it was, (laughs) which I thought was super weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So now we're at the point where I actually mentioned your children.
1: When this all happened, there was a dog, my son Jason, because they're all they all stayed outside behind the police barricade for like five, six, seven hours. And they' got my middle son, Jason got the dog that had been in the house at the time. Yeah. and um he had said, "My dad's got a bird in there." We you know, kind of got to get you could hear the bird. And they're like, Yeah, well, I'm we're not gonna be able to get the bird out at this time. Maybe you guys come back Because then the way they described it, you know, once we're done and that's what Marty's dad said, he was like they told his dad that once we're once we leave here, we have no it's not our crime scene anymore. It's not our house. You guys are gonna have to be responsible to take care of any valuables i know he's got a safe in there with money and guns in it you guys need to take care of this was told to the dad marty's dad and and my kids and you guys come get the bird and do what you gotta do and just take care of the house and at the time their main concern was the bird get him out of there because they didn't know i mean nobody had seen marty for two days so bud pie hadn't been fed for three four days yeah so the the kids did go back the next day. Marty lives about an hour away from us, from where my kids and we all live. And so they drove back up there and got a dog carrier and got the dog. I mean, the bird got a cat carrier and got the bird. But by the time my kids, I should show you a picture of what the police did to the house, because... To get that bullet out of that couch, they literally, and I'm not even exaggerating, it looks like they blew the couch up. The whole entire house was full of foam from the cushions because the couch, the bullet went through the arm of her chair into the following couch across from the chair. Mm -hmm. And to get that bullet out, they shredded the couch. So my kid, one son brought me the bird. My other son stayed in the house. They were, like, lost. Like, this was the last place their dad was. They don't know what to do. Like, I'm going to clean this up for dad. Yeah. That's what they were saying. I'm going to clean this up for my dad. I don't even think they really fully understood that he was gone yet. Because they hadn't slept. They went back there the next morning. There was no sleeping going on. They just started picking up the foam. started picking up the couch splinters, what the police did. And there sits an envelope, a big, gigantic manila envelope that had Glenna's mom's name on it. My kids know her mom's name. They thought it was weird. Yeah, my kids opened it, and, like, when they opened it up, you could see three envelopes in there. One said Laura, one said Eric, and the other one said Bob Norman. And my kids were like, what the fuck? So, yeah, they opened them up. This is They don't know where Glenna's at. They don't know what happened to Glenna. They know their dad is dead. Glenna could be dead. They don't know what's going on until they open those letters. And it kind of was like, holy shit. I
0: think
1: she killed my dad. And I got the first phone call from my daughter, and they were waiting for the detectives to come get the letters because everything changed that day. It changed for me because I didn't know they were going to find letters, but I... Totally thought she did it right from the start. Yeah. Or they did it to each other.
0: So, let me, did they have to break in to get into the house?
1: I think my son did, and then my other son went through the back door that was locked, unlocked. Okay. But, but, because Justin went in one way and Jason went in the other way, literally, immediately, because they didn't know the situation, my son, Jason, called Detective Doyle It was like, look, I went through the back door. My brother did not know the back door was unlocked. And, yes, he used a credit card. It's all in writing that my son called to tell him that. You know what I mean? Like, they called to let him know. And we found some letters. So you need to come over here and get these letters. But, yes, that is how one kid entered the house. The other kid went through the back door. That was unlocked. But, yes, my son, Justin, did use a credit card to enter the house because there was a screaming bird in the house.
0: Yeah. And, and they want to go in and take care of the living creature
1: that's in there. So in reality, in black and white, yes, Justin broke into the house. Okay. But he but did not have to. He would have just waited for Jason to make his way around the garage. <laughs> and Jason was already in the house when Justin went in there, you know, but they were not thinking straight. Their yeah. dad is dead. What the hell happened? I don't know. You know, they were a mess. Yeah. They really were a mess. Because all the times talking to these detectives, they do we we were told right from the beginning the only way they would describe it is there was and this is how Detective Johnson described it to me. It wasn't there was no intruder involved. It was a domestic situation. I said, So you're telling me that Glenn did this? I'm telling you mrs keller that there was no intruder involved and it was a domestic situation they would never say glenna did it but he told all of us there was no intruder involved they told news that there was a domestic that's how it was aired on the news that night the neighbors have not have not been warned of any intruder or any issue it was a domestic situation and there's no no reason for anybody to be concerned that's how it was told on the news. How it got turned into an intruder, I don't know if that just happened later because nothing was being said about it. Mm-hmm. But the very first night, it was said, you know, neighbors were all told that it was a domestic situation. What does domestic mean? That it happened in the house between
0: between members you know, of the family. home, yeah. <laughs>
1: You know, so it was never, it was never discussed as a intruder ever, but it sounds better to say that. It doesn't sound interesting to say the truth. It doesn't sound interesting
0: uh, to say, oh, they knew from the beginning. They're like, no, we need this crazy story.
1: Well, I mean, in comes the bird. Doesn't that already make the story (laughs) weird? Why does it got to get more weird? That's what I, I could never fathom. Me and Don, I was like... The bird story isn't weird enough. Why do they got to keep making it more more weird? You know, and then one of the newest places made a big deal about her not being checked. I give no shits about her not being checked because it obviously didn't change the situation. She's still alive. But like I said, the situation looked and smelled and felt like it was two dead people. And Mm -hmm. it took a professional to come in there and be like, hey, she's not dead. Yes, that's another super weird thing. Thank you, Nuego County police, for making yourselves look even more stupid. <laughs> but in the end, that part doesn't change any of the facts, but it does kind of be like, oh, okay, you can see this is gonna be, you know, a Barney Fife type situation.
0: I think it just um it reiterates how poorly equipped they were for this.
1: Yep, yeah, yes it does. I was very angry about it. when I found out about that. And I had told my kids, I said, be prepared because they're going to make a big deal out of it. And they did. And her family just went, they never went public, public, other than on local news stories with other people. Mm -hmm. And they would, I would comment. We all had Facebook wars. We were like at each other's throats for two years. Okay. You know, so it's pathetic. But what do you do? No no information's getting out. She's she's out free. We don't know. You know, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. They don't know. They know she did this. They don't know why she's not arrested. Yeah. You know, and she had tried to call them a few times and they hung up on her. You know, I don't blame them. They were afraid. They were afraid.
0: So um, can you tell me, because this was another one of those things that made this a crazy story. What was up with Fran?
1: Oh, man. There is an extremely, I've known Fran for more than 35 years. I was friends with Fran when Marty and I were together. Um, Fran is kind of like Glenna, and I think that's why those two got along. Glenn, Fran did not like women too much, neither. She didn't have nothing to do with her own mother in law, who happens to be Marty's mom's sister. Mm-hmm. They lived across the street from each other, but didn't talk to each other for 10 years. Fran didn't like anybody. When I, when, and she's very manipulative. When Marty had his accident, she came in and swooped in and took care of me. I thought she was taking care of me, but what she was doing, she got me to the point where she made me angry at Lil, Marty's mom, because Marty's mom would come and buy something for Marty and, and Fran would put it in my ear that she was trying to take over my job. And I got into fights and arguments with my mother-in-law for no reason, because Fran antagonized me. I didn't sleep for three weeks. Fran is weird. That's my experience with Fran.
0: Okay, so her what? up with her coming forward as a psychic? What is that?
1: I that must have that must be something that happened to her. I didn't know she was a psychic until all this. That was news to me, but I had not had any contact with her in twenty years. I had not. By then, Marty and I had been divorced for fifteen years, so it was fifteen years mm-hmm. that I had had no contact with her. But I, there was always conversations. Marty would talk to the kids. Marty really didn't even like Fran. He liked his cousin Scott, and he wanted to visit Scott. But Fran has always been smarter than everybody oh. and been better than everybody. Even, just real quick, just to give you an idea how cold-hearted she is, even in the um, there was a probate. We had to go through bullshit probate stuff for Marty's will and his belongings. Marty's mom had to stand up and talk about her son, and Fran was outright laughing at her from the other side of the courtroom. What? It was weird. Like, Fran, we don't know why Fran doesn't like Marty's mom. We don't understand Fran. We just know that she has been in the Falins for. 45 years and didn't talk to his her own mother-in-law for 35 of those 45 years so we don't really understand her but I will say that three days after Marty's murder she reached out to my son and asked if he could get one of Marty's crossbows to give to Scott and Justin said no and we don't know if that's what turned her into not liking our part of the family because she wanted something of Marty's. And my kids said, no, it was literally three days after Marty was killed. Yeah. She wanted one of Marty's crossbows, but that was the thing that happened in probate. She stood by Fred Glenna and her family to get Marty's belongings. She wanted Marty's belongings. It was so weird. Nobody got Marty's belongings. Just so you know, when, because legally, it should have went to up but the courts knew that she was a suspect. Yeah. And so everything was auctioned off, which is fine, whatever. The kids didn't want anything. They just had to be there because they had to freaking be there. They didn't want none of their dad's stuff. Right. But it is what it is. Um, I read the interview, and she, yes, yeah, she was, this was three weeks. She talked to the police two weeks later, and... She gave the I'm a I'm a psychic. I just want to let you know that the last time I talked to uh, Glenna, she was telling me about how Marty was telling her that he's he's not going to have anything to do with his mom anymore, and we were just so proud of him for standing up to his mom. None of that happened because we have pictures of two weeks before Marty was killed. He was at a cookout with his parents. But why she lied about that we didn't we didn't know. I when I read it I had I called Lil right away and I was like, did this really happen, Lil? Did Marty say this to you? She's like, my God, Christina, no. Why is she saying that stuff? And then she said, but look, she already knew. The whole family already knew where the gun was found because the police left a white a pink slip in the house that said Ruger found near chair in living room, two bullets found near Marty's head, you know, so we already knew, not being told by the police, but the police have to leave an evidence tag of what they took from the house. Yeah. So we already knew that there was a gun involved. We already knew where the gun was. So did Fran. Oh. but she still told the police I just want to let you know she's probably like rubbing her head I think there's a weapon or I don't know how she did it oh. near the or chair check their right hand okay they're both fucking right handed <laughs> we, we knew that the gun was found by the chair we told everybody everybody knew that I don't know attention we don't understand Fran neither but she okay. turned really hateful to the family to where she made up lies and the detective told us that fran is trying to say that one of the durhams sat a a bow uh an arrow by their door written you're next on it yeah i saw that but none of my none of my kids or marty's family killed marty so why would she be next You know, the only, the only person that killed Marty was, was Glenna. And we know Glenna didn't do it because nobody did it. And the detectives told us it never went anywhere in the system. Just be careful. Maybe you shouldn't be trying to reach out or don't try to, don't try to talk to them because she's trying to cause trouble for your family. That's how we were told about it. And that's why we kind of put them on blast on Marty's page. Look at this shit. Apparently we did this, you know, but. We didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, little, a little, bit more things going on in our lives just a couple of weeks after Marty was murdered, like trying to bury him, than trying to put arrows on their doorstep. Yeah, I
0: mean, you have nobody even more knew important things
1: to do. Before. So it wasn't. There was no harassment. There was a bad conversation between Marty's brother and Scott. And Scott, the way Dan put it, he was like, you know, you see what happened to my my brother. Maybe you better sleep with a gun because you could be next. Not that Dan was going to do it, but that he thought Fran was going to do it. And I told Dan, I was like, you really did not word that well. Yeah, you kind of gave them the opportunity to make that sound, you know, a different way. And I think that's what gave them their opportunity to do the your next thing. I gotcha. So they just ran with it. They like attention. I watched. I watched Scott on that ID channel. Channel and I. I almost smashed my own TV. Every single thing that came out of his mouth was a lie. How Glenna met Marty wasn't around. Scott. There's like a seven year age difference between them. They were not hanging out when Marty was seventeen years old. And I don't know why Scott, well, he met Glennon, and took him to the movies and had their first time in the back of a... I'm like, you idiot. Marty liked to shoot things because the world owed him. No, Marty liked to shoot things because it was about the only thing he could do anymore and be handicapped. He liked to hunt. He liked, that was his sport. Yeah. And so many lies were told. But once you watch a true crime show, I have not watched one since. I have never turned ID Channel on since that day, four years ago. Yeah. I only pay attention to people who do true crime on Marty.
0: Yeah, and um, <laughs> I couldn't, I could, like, when you first messaged me, like, after we got past being, I'm, after you got <laughs> past being mad. Um, <laughs>
1: Sorry about that. No, <laughs>
0: I I feel so bad because, like, I think I was wrong. I'm like that
1: were literally three other ones that did the same thing you did with these other two girls, did it really bad. Like they were mocking my kids and feeling sorry for Glenna and it was it was too I was still too raw after I I was like, Here we go, there's another one, yep, just like it. I'm pausing, I'm messaging you, I'm still listening to that one. I'm just I was raw. If I would have listened to you first, I wouldn't have been that aggressive with you. I think like I said, I was I was rubbed raw from the other two that I had just listened to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and but you know, um, I'm glad he reached out anyway because I don't want to be another asshole that's contributing to the bad information. Oh, I
1: appreciate it. You know, like I said, I I don't have a lot of go tos, and I'm trying to like clear people up. And my face is all over TikTok about this bird. And I, I do, I'll you'll be my new direction. You know, I mean. I just want the truth to get out there. I just Yeah. I just it's so hard to trust people. You know, the whole bird thing. Yes real quick. How how did you know that it, come up? It it still boggles my mind, honestly. Okay. Bud was doing that, you know, he came back to me. He was mine first. Okay. He was kept from me. That was the one thing that Marty and I thought about. I wanted my, he would not, and even through the divorce, because I could not prove that I was the one who single-handedly bought him and had paperwork to prove it. They could not make me, make him give them to me. So, and for years and years and years, I tried. I even was going to take a $10,000 loan out to get my bird. And I knew Marty needed money, but that's how much he wanted to hurt me back. Sorry to say but that's what he did. And so I didn't have him for 15 years. So yeah. getting him back, and I already have one. Now you know, I have two, you know, but they're best friends, which is super awesome. Yeah. But Bud was doing that probably like a week or two after. He was probably doing it before, and I didn't pay attention to it. Because if you own African grays, you tune that out. People can come to my house. I've had cable guys come over here. And they're trying to do something to my cable. And one young kid looked at me he's like, how do you live in this house? He was like frustrated. <laughs> he could not figure out how to do the remote because the birds were just. And I don't. He, I started laughing. My husband started laughing. So I probably tuned it out or I probably wasn't here a lot. The first couple of weeks after this was crazy. But I was sitting in the chair and I was on my phone and he started doing it again. So I turned the camera still looking at me but pointing to him and I just recorded it and it it went on for like three minutes and I still never really listened to it I don't know why I just was like I can tell he's upset and and then I sent it to Marty's sister and this was a couple weeks afterwards Mm -hmm. and she called me back crying she listened to it and then I actually listened to it and then really broke it down, and I could hear Marty, and I could hear Glenna, and I could hear... So we spent months and months going back and forth trying to dissect this video. But it was just... i She was the only one I sent it to. I didn't even send it to my kids at the time. It was, once I realized what it was, it was, to me, graphic and kind yeah. of tough to hear. Yeah. So it was never toxic. We, we dissected it for a few months. So May, June, July, nine months or 10 months after the murder the uh news a our local news team went over to Marty Marty's sister and where his parents were staying they normally lived in Florida but they were up and staying up here in Michigan during all this they don't live near me they live 45 minutes away from me but she was like, news is coming over, so stay tuned. Hopefully, 6 o'clock they're going to come try to maybe get an update from my parents. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's all I was told. Making dinner. Me and my husband are sitting in the kitchen, eating dinner. Turn the TV on. See Chuck and Lil. Okay, they did a nice little piece. We don't got no justice. We're waiting for an arrest, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was over. Start cleaning up dinner. And I hear Bud squawking. And then I go to look out in, the, in the, his room, in the bird room, and I'm like, okay. It's, Dave's like, it's on TV. I'm like, what's on TV? He's like, our dining room. is Our birds are on TV. You know that's, And I called Donna. I was like, uh, what in the actual fuck? She's like, oh, my God, Christina. All I did was show them. I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, yeah, it's interesting. My phone is ringing off the hook. My bird is <laughs> on the TV. They already know who I am because they can't do anything other than what they did without my permission. And it was it, the very first story. That very first guy, he was like, is Bud telling us who did this? Is Bud telling us that Marty, you know, so it, that motherfucker did it it all that's how it happened I had nothing to do with any of it every interview that I did I just yes I think it's a fascinating story yes I think it's super sad that a bird had to witness that and I think it's kind of crazy that it imprinted and he says it that's all I ever said to anybody so when all the news people came to my house they were so fascinated with the bird and they're like what do you think about but saying this, I'm like, I think it's crazy. I think it's painful. I know he's seen what happened. I know he felt it. Do you think he's going to help solve the murder? I said, no, I don't. But they never would show that. <laughs> they cut that out. They just finish out. I never once said that he told us Glenna did this.
0: Yeah, I remember. And I did It see just that went. News
1: report. It went crazy. Inside edition. I come home from lunch. Inside edition's in my driveway. At Fox News, you know every radio station in Michigan, China, England. I never once told them that he told us who did it, but nobody would air it. They literally cut that out. And I said, we've always known that Glenna did this because literally within three weeks she was arrested. Timing—it was weird timing. Yeah. You know, yes, I think the police took a long time because they were waiting on her health to get better. This is a small town. They cannot handle all this. I think they literally waited till the very last minute. I think the key thing was an issue. I think because the kids found the letters and the detective said, we have about 50 pictures of this envelope. Well, why didn't you open it? We didn't think it was... Uh, they, they just said, I think one of the cops said it, it said personal on it, personnel on it. So we just thought it was a business letter. You know, it said personnel on it. Yeah. It's right there. I have that. I showed you one picture. That's how it was originally, very first time walking in the house. The envelope sitting right there in the center. But in other pictures, they moved the envelope, put it behind the pillow and took more pictures of the pillow, and then moved the envelope again to put something else underneath it. And I'm like, this envelope has been moved around the whole entire house by these police guys, and they never opened the goddamn envelope. Yeah. Ever. But the one thing is if if they would, it's so weird to, if they would have, we would have never known about it until the trial. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we would have been guessing, did she do this? Yeah. What happened? Because they were not going to tell us anything other than it was a domestic situation. So I think in a good way and in a bad way, because in the end, she was still, I think there was enough. Her motive was losing the house. She killed him on the very same day. She wasn't taking her medications anymore. I think she was a super depressed, super over it, over life, over Marty, over money over gambling just over everything it was just like fuck it
0: yeah I'm and done. i don't i don't know if you made it to the end of our episode but at the end i think um cat and i were talking we're like i i think that yeah. maybe she did mean to kill herself and it yeah. just didn't happen but
1: yeah. that doesn't i excuse. think she was super scared i yeah. think she was super scared you could tell that she had been going about the house There was she had put shoes on, but one was Marty's shoe and one was her shoe. There was dog shit on it. I don't know. She could have even took the dog out. She was in and out and around and moved. She she took sentimental cards and pictures of her and Marty and the kids and was looking through them. There was a lot going on in that house for a long time before she made the decision to do what she did to herself. Yeah, there was a lot. A lot going on and, and out. Marty did not die instantly. That man moaned. He had to have, because this bird moans. He does a very painful moan. And that's the only thing that I can think of. Plus, like I said, I can see the pictures of Marty. He scrunched blankets up to his chest to stop bleeding and stop the pain. Oh, he did not so like the eye on his back with his eyes open. Mm-hmm. To me, that would be a fast death. He's huddled in a blanket like a baby, almost under the bed, like he kept scooching and scooching and scooching. You know, he just couldn't get up. Yeah. And she sat right there and wrote her letters and smoked like 85 cigarettes that night or those days afterwards. Still don't know.
0: Yeah, I saw that, that it was hard for people to even tell when exactly she killed him. They could only really... um, draw the, the, the roughest timeline based off right. on of cell phone searches
1: right go by because marty was very much on his phone all the time last time he used it was nine o'clock that night so he had to have been killed and plus he was in his underwear standing on his day before clothes if you ask me i think he was getting out of bed and was like what the fuck she might have been making noise and I think she just came at him screaming, had to get herself all hyped up. She spent all night on her phone. She was on her phone from eleven thirty p m to, to like
0: three or four four forty eight
1: yeah. yeah, she did not sleep, yeah, she did not sleep. She was texting her mom, she was on Facebook, she was searching the weapons, and her phone activity stops at four forty eight
0: And that's when she sent the
1: text to her mom, right? Yep, yep. I love you, I'm sorry. But, you know, she's so vague about everything. Yes, her letters are so random to her kids. Sorry for being a disappointment for the last 12 years. But she specifically asked her ex-husband to take care of the kids. That makes it a little bit more like, I'm not going to be around. No, she didn't say, I'm sorry I killed Marty, and I'm a fucking piece of shit. She didn't. I wish she would have, but... She left it vague.
0: Yeah, and I I liked how later she said that I would never have written that to Bob. I would have told him to kiss my ass.
1: And she did, too. I actually watched the video. I have all four hours of her video. It's hard to watch because she's so... She's just such a fucking liar. She just... Me and Marty never argued. You know, we always joked. And when, we were always happy. When you overly lie... You know the man is dead nobody wants to ever speak ill of the dead but his own kids will tell you that he was hard to be around sometimes he was a tough person he he had a a strange sense of humor that nobody understood you just kind of had to blow him off or just let it go you couldn't engage with him sometimes
0: to be honest uh your description of him reminds me a lot of my dad
1: yeah (laughs) my
0: dad is um he has a weird ass sense of humor that we don't get he'll sit there and repeat jokes until we're like dad you're not funny stop
1: right right and that that's how marty was it it, like i said it was definitely he was not the man that i married he was not the man that she went gaga over as teenagers and i think with time you know she was the one that was super jealous of girls she was the one that started trying to put them in a bubble you know Marty did have a lot of spats with a lot of his siblings he just always did because he was just so hard to deal with you know so yeah there was like if he if Donna would borrow money and she didn't pay it back right away Glenna would get on Marty and then Marty would get on Donna and she'd pay him back and then they'd be fine you know but then Donna borrowing money turned into apparently then Glenna was saying they all were borrowing money. My kids make more money than me and Marty ever did in our lifetime. Our kids are very well. They own their own homes. They never borrowed money from their dad. But yet Glenna was saying that Justin borrowed money. Jessica only wanted her dad for him to buy her stuff. He bought her a couch and two baby baby um outfits when she got her very first apartment literally three months before he was murdered. That's the only thing he ever bought her. Just the way she turned that into, she just made everybody else like they were all using Marty. That's what she said, everybody used us. Everybody used us for money. You guys weren't bankrolling. Five thousand dollars a month really isn't that much. Marty they didn't even have cable. Marty still had a the T V we had when we were married. Oh, like with bunny ears? With the ears, yeah, the big fat TV. Yeah. I mean they were just so old school. Marty was old school. We would have never lasted. He would have had to change a lot of things. We that he wouldn't have no. I could not live that way. I had to move up with the times, but
0: So I, I saw somewhere that it said that he had been making some improvements to the house in the last like nine months. Were those true?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's even there's even pictures of that. Was, the master bath was where she wrote her letters that's connected to the bedroom where Marty was killed. And then there was a tiny little bathroom off of the living room. He was just painted that ceiling and there's still paint. There was still paint buckets and a roller sitting next to the bathtub that the police took a picture of. Yeah,
0: that was like two my days son before.
1: Right. My son had told me that, well, God, he was just painting the house to paint the bathroom two days before this happened. I don't think dad knew that his house was in foreclosure. And probably about six months before that, yeah, he did improvements to his garage. We had somebody put up some um, uh, drywall to make, he called it a man cave. It was really nothing special, but he was making extensions to the garage to make a small little room to put his mounts okay his deer mounts and stuff and a few months before that one of my kids had helped him put a new railing so he could get up and down the stairs of the deck so yeah he was getting it so you know that when he was not wearing his cane he wanted to be able to have a handrail going down the steps of the deck. Yeah. So small improvements, not like no multi-million-dollar improvements, but he was making efforts to the house. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. I don't think we need to go over the trial because the trial was pretty cut and dry.
1: Um... It, it was. I mean, like I said, we learned. We learned. You know, no, he wasn't shot five times. He was shot four times. We we learned more of me- Glenna's medical history because we we weren't privileged to any of that. We went a year and a half thinking that she was shot two times because okay. we were never we were never, you know, so we we thought also until the trial and we found out that, no, the one bullet in her in her head and the other bullet went into the chair. You know, so we went along her family all over post to be like, she shows how did she shoot herself two times? I don't know how she shot herself two times, but I know she did. But apparently she really did. She shot at herself two times, but. Only one of them actually hit gotcha and no the kids did not steal steal money. It was an envelope I sent you a picture of it yes I already had the wave runner that he was saving money for and it took probably about three months before the wave wave runner was even ready but my kids called to get the wave runner taken care of for his dad so he, no money was stolen out of the safe. why that they said that that was all still say, from her family. The kids knew... uh, Maybe the way it was handled, and I think I'm going to blame the police on that. Because, yes, the the police did come back months and months later, actually a year later. So what happened to the money that was in the safe? Oh, shit, really? You're going to make... Because they had... Why they made a big deal of it is because they had The the way they described it to us was to dot every I... Proved that nothing was stolen. The kids took the money. But I hate that word, took the money. I hate that phrase. You know, yes, there was money in the safe. Yes, my kids put their hands on it. Yes, they took it out of the safe. They did not steal it. It was not for nefarious reasons. Yeah. They did not mess up the crime scene. You know, yes, money was taken out of the safe. Okay. I guess if want to be technical, yes, there was money <coughs> taken out of the safe. And the money was never discussed. <coughs> Until just before the trial, I think they just wanted to get that part out of the way, make sure that that money was still there after the scene.
0: Yeah, because the defense would probably go straight for that.
1: Right. You would think, because there was literally (laughs) 50 guns in that house. That's a lot. Yeah, there was like, and, well, well. 20 of them were Marty's dad's because he moved, they retired and moved down to Florida and he was actually hanging on to a lot of his dad's guns. And there's a paper right in the safe. These are Chuck's Durham's guns. So, and the one that she killed Marty with was his dad's gun also. Okay. So yeah, there was a lot in there that could have been, I know that it had been said about drugs and stuff. Yes. Glenna is the one who sold a bottle of pill to one of her cousins that lived in the UP every month. I don't know if they're Marty's pills or her pills, but it was Glenna that sold them to her cousin. I have a police interview with that cousin who said, yes, I buy this many pills from them every month for this much money. I just talked to Glenna a week before this happened. I still owed her a hundred bucks. She was harassing me about the hundred bucks I owed her for the pills. A couple days before Marty was killed. So it was no like, drug dealing shit going on because it was still over a thousand pills in that house that they recovered
0: yeah I saw a mention of like drug dealing while I was researching and I thought it was yeah, so ridiculous her, I didn't even it, talk about it
1: well a lot of people latch on to it because that's a big thing nowadays you know what I mean like her brother is the one Glenna's brother brought it up in the id channel it was a big drug problem going on in grand rapids well for one they don't live in grand rapids they live in tiny little town of sand lake and yes they sold pills nobody was coming and going in that house it was sold to one person every month and it was her cousin so i don't know if that's a big drug deal i know marty was not he would do his best not to take his medication he did not like he already felt like he was kind of out of it He didn't want to be more out of it unless he absolutely had to be. He would suffer in pain. He just had surgery four weeks before this, a hernia surgery. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I mean, we have been talking for an hour and a half. I know, I know.
1: You feel like we covered everything? I mean, we could always go back and forth on
0: Yeah, we can go back and and forth if there's anything more we need, but I don't, it's late where you are. Um, I guess the only other thing is because this is about you telling the story and trying to get the truth out, is there anything you want people listening to this episode to know and understand?
1: I think for me personally, I just want it to be understood about the biggest thing for me is my kids. You know, my kids were trying to do right by their dad. They went to that house to retrieve his animal. They mm-hmm. did not go there for the purpose of rummaging around. They did not go there with any intention other than to take care of their dad's house, take care of his animal, and not, you know. And my you kids are fantastic kids. They have flourished beyond my expectations through all this. They have no care or concern for anything that anybody says in the public it's me that takes more offense to it than anything i guess you could say it's just painful to have people say things that are so wrong and negative about three kids who have done nothing but do right by by their dad by their kids you know try to live their own lives and to be accused of something that by somebody they cared about glenna they loved glenna they never in a million years would have thought Glenda would have done this yeah. to their dad, let alone it's almost been worse what has happened afterwards. You know, the rumors, the lies. I mean, what Bud did in the end, Bud did good for Marty because he put Marty's name out there and people know who Marty is because of the bird. And we all love Bud for that, you know. <laughs> I mean, he went through a lot of stuff, you know. and Not very many other parents in his his breed. They don't normally handle stress like that. But is a boss for sure. Yeah, but he's I mean, back where he belongs.
0: I mean, listening <laughs> to him, I mean, I could hear him start going off about it in the, while we were talking. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it's finally quiet time. But yeah, you <laughs> heard it, and it's it's all attached to emotion. He don't just do it. Because la, 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 and if he hears birds chirping outside, he ain't going to do it. But he hears me talking to you. I'm getting a little antsy. I'm talking about yeah. Glenna. He doesn't like Glenna. You know, he's a lot smarter than most birds. My other bird is just a bird. He's just like, pet me, feed me, love me. And I'm just, <laughs> Bud is not like that. Bud is an asshole sometimes. He's awesome sometimes. He bites sometimes. And he don't. Or he you know, he scares people or he makes people laugh. He's got a crazy personality. And I've known him almost all my life. Yeah. I love this bird. You know, I I just want everybody to know, you know, that Marty was a good guy. And all he ever wanted to do was to, to try to live as long as he could, as healthy as he could. And he trusted Glenna. He loved Glenna. And... If she wasn't happy with her life and herself or Marty, she could have just walked away.
0: Yeah.
1: Just why did it have to be, you know, why did it have to be murder Yeah. and mayhem? I don't, I don't get it. Marty was a good guy. I mean, it sounds like he was this. amazing. He was. I mean, he wasn't perfect. You know, no one wants to ever talk bad about dead people he was definitely not perfect he was definitely hard to be around you if, and he was but if you if you loved him you could handle it and you can deal with it maybe their personal life was a lot more different behind closed doors we don't know I don't think there was any abuse but I think she was just an unhappy person yeah, to begin with unfortunately you know I just think she was already somewhere she could've made Marty a better man. She could've helped him. It took a lot of work, but you could have encouraged him to be different and happy. You didn't have to pin on that side, you know, he's always had that uh, the inability to control his his thought process, but you could always change it to the good. But yeah. she 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 got into there and she really pressured him into being Angry and nitpicky about things, and that ain't right. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. I just wanted. So much I appreciate sharing.
1: you giving me the opportunity. You know, I don't. I've not given very many people the opportunity because it's never really felt like I wanted. Everybody always twists everything I've said for the last five years around, and it, it's really hard to watch. Yeah. And to watch an interview that you've done or you've said, and like, I didn't say that. Or why did they not finish saying what I, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's hard to trust people.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to do my best to do right by I you and your family.
1: That. I appreciate that. And that'll be maybe the one podcast I'll let my kids listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I thank you very much. Like, except if there's anything else you think you want to pin down or if you if you want any... More of the documentation I got, I whatever I got, I don't mind. It just puts a different perspective on it when you can see it, yeah. you know. Because I sent you like that. There's DNA papers that they sent out on May 29. She was already named the suspect. Yes. that's the earliest date that I could get it on on record. But I mean, it was it was never a who done it. She always was the one. They just had to play their cards close. Yeah. I think. I think some things were fumbled up and they didn't really know how to get around it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they got they got her in the end. Um, they
1: did, they did, you know, and it was all, it was all, you know, nothing, it was just all basic facts, you know. They didn't even have to, like, dream up a big story, you know, look, this paperwork says that their house was going to be sold on this date the mistake glenna said it was taken care of but it wasn't you know she googled how to use the gun which i still really don't know why she did that i don't know if the gun jammed that she couldn't reload it maybe i don't know or if she
0: wasn't familiar with the way a hammer works on a revolver because a revolver is very different from a semi-automatic so
1: yeah the police officer even said that to her too because he said right to her so so did you look it up to figure out how to load the gun. I know those like you just said, the hammer does tend to stick when you're watching. She goes I would never look that up. I only play (laughs) games on my phone. Yeah
0: And like I mentioned in the episode, I have over twenty five years of gun handling experience and um even I have a little bit of trouble with revolvers just because I, I deal mostly with semi-automatic guns. So
1: Right, right. See, and I am not a gun person. I used to shoot a little bit when I was with Marty. I was kind of part of the role of being around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's never been my thing. So, no, I, I've never even put a handgun in my hand. So, I would imagine. I don't think she didn't either. Right. So, yeah. I, well... But I'm glad she did, because that's what got her for the premeditated. Yes. That's the only thing that locked that in. Yes, absolutely. So, again, thank you very much, and we can definitely keep in touch. I appreciate chatting with you. I had a good time.
0: Yes, you're so easy to talk to, (laughs) and thank you so much for trusting me with this and for correcting me, because I... uh, I try we try so hard to make sure that we're not sharing bad information and if we even question something we don't mention it so right but
1: only bad information is out there because that's what's uh click worthy
0: yeah I've which learned is that the hard way yeah so we will uh we will make sure that this is the real story
1: I appreciate it thank you thank you thank have a good you. night you too